You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I um, am so excited and so honored to speak and preach and minister this word that God gave me. And um, I'm grateful to our phenomenal, courageous leadership in Pastors Jurgen, Leanne, Mike, Katie, the whole team that is here that have built and created an atmosphere for us to have our lives significantly changed by the power of Jesus. Are you excited tonight? It's gonna be a fun night. It's gonna be a fun night. So I was um, headed to Salt Lake City to our campus there and as the plane took off, God dropped this word into my spirit. And I grabbed the phone and I just started writing all the notes and I knew it was the word that I was gonna speak tonight. And so from that point forward, I just began to pray and began to research and God just gave me a revelation and I wanna unpackage that revelation tonight with you. It's the first time ever I'm preaching this word and um, I'm really excited about it. Um, How many of us here um, tend to forget the things we're meant to remember and remember the things we're meant to forget? I don't know about you, but I lose my car keys every day. I even have like in my purse, like this is where my car keys go. But then I change my purse. In fact, tonight I have no idea where they are because I did not drive myself here, so I don't even know if I have a purse. How I've made it through life is just right there, a miracle in itself. Jesus is good to me. Um, But, you know, those things can be quite trivial, you know, things that we lose or can't find. But what I have found in God that's not trivial is that when we look into our history, we look into our past, I believe that God wants us to remember certain things and to forget others. I actually believe that the way that we view our history will actually determine what our future will look like. Okay, title of my message tonight is called Remember But Don't Remember. Okay, here we go. Remember But Don't Remember. By the end of this message, we're gonna really understand what this means. The Israelites were promised a promised land, right, in Deuteronomy. A land full of milk and honey. What does that speak of? Milk, nourishment, a place where they would be nourished. But then also honey, a place that would satisfy their soul. That's the kind of promises that God gives us. And I wanna ask us the question tonight, what are the promises of God to you? What are the things that are going to satisfy your soul, that's gonna nourish you in such a way that you're like, I am living the promise of God. And I just want you to hold that picture, kind of make a mental note, what's the promise? What's your promised land? What's my promised land? The Israelites were promised a land, but so are we. There are promises for us. And I found it really interesting that the Israelites, when they were you know, going to the promised land, the Bible says that they wandered in the wilderness for over 40 years. And um, almost an entire generation actually passed away before the Israelites, the ones that were left, entered into the promised land. But the ones that were left to enter in, Moses said, I've got some instructions for you. 
I've got some instructions before we get into the land that was promised to us, instructions from our God on what we need to do, what we need to remember, what we need to forget as we enter into the promise that God has for us. And I want to prophesy tonight that we are on the precipice of receiving our promises. I am prophesying that corporately as a church, but I am prophesying that personally. I truly and totally believe that we are on the precipice of receiving our miracles, our promises, just like in the days of Moses and the Israelites. And so I want us to take heed to what were the instructions that Moses gave them? Because if he gave it to them, it's probably going to help us when we get our miracle, when we receive our promised land, right? All righty. So Moses said this in Deuteronomy 11, 1 through 3, in the New Living Translation, it says, You must love the Lord your God and always obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. Keep in mind that I'm not talking now to your children who have never experienced the discipline of the Lord your God or seen his greatness and his strong hand and powerful arm. They didn't see the miracle signs and wonders he performed in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his land. Then if you go down to Deuteronomy 11, 19 through 21, it says, you shall also teach them to your sons. In other words, remember the miracles of the past. Remember the hardship that you experienced and the miracles that brought you through and teach them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, you shall write them on your doorposts of your house, on your gates, on your hands, right? Can I get an Amen. So that your days and the days of your sons may be increased in the land which the Lord swore to your father, fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. Okay, they're about to receive their promise. Let's insert ourselves into the story. We're about to receive our promise. And, and why, I, I love it that it says that the reason for this is that, that the, your days and the days of your sons may be increased in the land which the, the Lord swore to you. Meaning when we get into this promise that we have and the promised land to us, God wants us to enjoy it. He wants it to last. So it's so important that we begin to understand how to enter into the promise. Okay, so my first point is this. Remember, we're gonna start there. Remember, this is really, I know it's deep, guys. Just go with me, okay? Remember. The Bible says to remember. Remember what? What in that scripture does it say to remember? The Israelites experienced both the hardship and the miracles, and they were commissioned to remember the supernatural power of God. They were commissioned. They were like, you know what? Your sons may not have experienced Pharaoh shutting the door and then opening it. They may not have experienced the Red Sea walking on it, but you did. And you're to remember, when you look back in your life, you're to remember the hand of God, the miraculous supernatural power of God. We're to remember those things. I believe that remembering is the key to inhabiting the promise. If he did it then, he can do it again. I think that the power of memory is so profound when it's utilized the right way. We have to arrest and harness our memory to remember 
the miraculous hand of God. It does not say to remember everything. We're going to get to that in just a minute. It says to remember the miracles that were done to get you to where you are right now. Psalm 143.5 says, I remember the days long ago. I think about all you have done. I think about the work of your hands. Remember the days of long ago, the things of old. So the Bible's telling us to remember some things. Remember the day from long ago. Remember the things of old. And another version says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I ponder the work of your hands. I find that so interesting because it doesn't say, I ponder the work of my hand. I don't look into my history and only see me. I don't look into my history and only see the work and the toil of my hand. I look into my past. I look into my history and I see the hand of Almighty God. I see the hand of Jesus. And if you are sitting in this room today, then you have a miracle story. You survived something. You went through something. And you are here today learning the things of God. So there are miracles in your history that we have to remember. When you look into your history, what miracles have brought you to today? I was thinking about this and I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to remember. I need to remember when I prayed for a woman who was blind and she got her sight back. That's a significant miracle. We can just act like, oh yeah, that happened anyway, on to the next. That's a miracle. A blind eye was opened. That's amazing. I look into my history and I go, oh my goodness, just when I was in Salt Lake City a couple of weeks ago and, and, and I was ministering, preaching and this guy walked in and he was a security guard and he was there for the very first time doing security and we had hired him to do that. He was a Mormon, not a Christian. It was his very first Sunday on guard and he didn't know that when he did his rounds, he did not need to come into the auditorium. He walks into the auditorium and he was hit by the power of God. He literally stumbled and fell to the ground. The response team leader, the altar call leader, found him on the floor as I'm preaching about the Holy Spirit, gets him to sit on a seat and leads him to Christ right in that moment. Not only that, but he receives Christ and by the end of the message, he was front and center on the altar call experiencing the power of God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues on the altar, crying his eyes out. In that very same moment, he realized that he could bend his knee. He had had surgery and they told him he would never bend his knee again. He was miraculously healed on the altar. Not only that, but when I was there last week, who was the first person to open the door? He was. And he said, Stacey, I have to tell you, not only did I get saved, not only did I experience the power of God, not only did I get healed, but my addiction to pain meds broke in that moment. I haven't touched those meds. Since the day that I met Jesus, thank you. I need to remember the power of the living God through the eyes and the lens of Christ, not just mine. 
I need to remember my own personal journey and stories of miracles. I need to remember that when I came to San Diego after just graduating college, I came to San Diego because I prayed a prayer and I said, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me to put my roots down? Where do you want me to begin to live my life? And I heard the voice of God say, San Diego. I didn't know a single soul in San Diego. I wasn't six foot two with blonde hair and blue eyes that dreamed of the beach. I was not the epitome of a Southern Californian girl. But the word of God came to me. And I was, couldn't get away from it. And so I graduated college. I drove from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I arrived in San Diego. And all hell broke loose. But sometimes in, when all hell breaks loose, it's also the moment where the miraculous can step in. And everything was set up against me. But I recall, and when I look back in my history, I think of all of the miracles housing miracles, work and career miracles. I was given homes to live in for, for the teeniest amount of money because I couldn't afford anything and God arranged it in such a way that I was able to have my own place here in San Diego on 100% commission making barely nothing. And the hand of provision of God was there. I realize I don't want to forget. I want to remember the miraculous working power of God in my own life. I never want to forget that I used to have walls that were built up in my heart. And off of a word from God, I was able to recognize a lie that I had believed about myself and was able to break it so that my life would open up in such a way to have meaningful, significant relationships. I don't ever want to forget the miracle working hand of God. I could spend the entire time here sharing the miracle stories. But we also need to forget a few things. Point number two is don't remember. <laughs> don't remember. I found what I thought originally was a contradiction in the Bible, but it's not because God doesn't contradict himself. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, do not remember. Okay, he just told us to remember. And now it says, do not remember the things that have happened before. In the Amplified, it says, do not earnestly remember the former things. Do not think about the things of the past. Again, in the Amplified, don't consider the things of old. See, I will do a new thing. It will begin happening now. Will you not know about it? Do you not perceive and know it? Will you not give heed of it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what does that mean? Because God says to remember the miracles of our past. But then he says, don't remember. What are the things he's saying not to remember? He's saying, don't remember the shame of your former years. Don't remember the forgiven sin that has happened in your life. Do not remember the stronghold to the pain of the traumas that you have lived through. I can heal you. I am a present God. We are not to remember the attachment to pain and trauma that we've experienced in our history. In both scriptures, it doesn't say remember nothing, forget everything, have a lobotomy. Don't remember anything. No, it says, remember the miracles in your history and don't remember the pain attached to the traumas you and hardships you've experienced. I, um, 
found this to be really significant. And I had this experience in my life where um, I had grown up with um, a autoimmune disease, Hashimoto, underactive thyroid, struggled with it pretty well my whole life. And I remember I went to a doctor and this doctor was more like a scientist. I'm like, please decode what you're saying. <laughs> Pastor Dr. Mike might understand you, I won't. And this doctor scientist, as she looked at all of my history and my blood results and my cellular activity and all the things, she says, she asked me the oddest question. She said, Stacy, can I ask you what you may think is an odd question? I said, sure, I get those all the time. And she says, um, in your family, um, are you Jewish? And I said, well, actually, on my dad's side, we're Italian, but on my mom's side, yes, I'm Jewish. And she said, well, I asked that question because typically in, in a family line, when you look at genetics, she said, people that have the condition that you have often have had family members that have gone through the Holocaust because cells remember. Ever heard of muscle memory? Cells remember too. And, they, and she told me, she said, the Holocaust was such a significant trauma, so significant that that particular trauma passed down from gene to gene, generation to generation, and people like you experience the results of it even though you didn't experience the trauma yourself. Scientist, Bible, generational stronghold. I stood there that day in shock and awe. And I went, I didn't experience what people through the Holocaust went through. I don't know why. It came to me out of the four kids, but it came to me. And I remember I walked out of that office uh, that weekend. I walked straight into church. I found Pastor Jurgen, and I said, we've got to break off the generational stronghold of pain and trauma that existed in my family line so that I can be free from this disease that has tried to mess with my life. The devil plays dirty. He don't play fair. And what I love about this is that when we have generational strongholds that have come to us, we may have, it could have passed down from generation to generation. In fact, genetic science, in epigenetics, it says, scientists have found that generational trauma can affect individuals up to 14 generations forward. If you research genetics, epigenetics, that's what you'll find. But how many people know it just takes one person to break every generational stronghold that has ever gone before them. It takes one that understands the authority of Jesus Christ to say, devil, you are under my feet. Devil, you have no stronghold over me. I am born again. I am born of the spirit of the living God. Genetics, bow your knee. I had many doctors after that point that would ask me, and up until that point, I don't understand, Stacey. Your, your results say this, but you live a completely different life to what those say. And I find it very interesting because I'm like, yep, I'm believing 100%, no medication, none of those things, 
But even up until that point, I will not live that way. You know that people with what I supposedly have uh, don't want to get out of bed in the morning? They typically are very lethargic, very overweight, slow metabolism, depressed, oppressed. I don't have any of those symptoms because I live under the power and the anointing of a supernatural God. The Bible says that we are born again in John 1, 1 through 3. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. When you've got God with you, your life looks a little bit different. Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When we are born again, we see the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven comes to earth on the inside of us. Number three, ready? So we remember and we don't remember. We're good? Okay, we're gonna go a little deeper. All right, this one, just take a deep breath, okay? Deep breath, it's gonna be good. Okay. Do not rehearse the stories of slavery or victim. Rehearse the stories of surviving and victory. We're called to remember certain things and forget others, and we've got to choose wisely. What is very extraordinary about the Jewish people and the ones that came through the Holocaust, is you will rarely hear someone say, I was a Holocaust victim. You will always hear them say, or typically hear them say, I was a Holocaust survivor. What is the difference? When they look at what happened, they acknowledge it. They don't pretend it didn't happen. They know that it happened. But when they look into their history, when they look through a certain lens, they look at it and they go, I had the spirit of a survivor. I was not a victim. I was a free person. Yes, those traumas happened to me. Yes, those horrible things happened to me, but I am a survivor. And you hear of the Jewish people, people that have overcome. Now that is different sometimes than other races that will rehearse the history of slavery. They never experienced slavery in their day and yet the story is rehearsed and so they live out the result of something they never actually lived. Because the story and the lens is victim. You look at the Jewish population and they went through atrocities and horrible traumas, and yet their lens and their view is victory. I, I love the story of a Holocaust survivor. Her name is Eva Moses Kor, and you can Google, you can YouTube her. Phenomenal story, her and her twin um, that uh, went through the Holocaust. Her twin did not survive, she survived. And she goes on to tell stories of, of the life that she has now lived. And what I love is right at the end of her story, this is what she says. She says, I'm a Holocaust survivor. What is that? What is my forgiveness? I've chosen to forgive. And she said, forgiveness, I like it. It is an act of healing. We cannot change what happened but we can change how we relate to it. 
What a significant viewpoint. I can't, it happened. It was real. Can I tell you tonight, what happened to you was real. What happened to you was real. What happened to me was real. We've all gone through significant hardship. I know in a room like this, we've experienced victim things. We've experienced deaths. We've experienced pain. We've experienced relational loss and torment and all of these things. But we've got a choice to harness our memory and to look at the lens of our history and make a choice tonight, and we're going to pray tonight, to detach from the generational strongholds that have kept us in bondage to the pain of the trauma that we have experienced. Can I tell you this? I've gone through some, some really hard things in my life. And years and years ago, um, I experienced... Um, a uh, relationship that, you know, I thought I was going to get married and I, um, the engagement broke off and it was really hard. It was the right decision, but it was really hard. And I remember when I was going through that, it's like I would remember lying on my bed at night and the story would begin to play. How many of us, we lay on our bed at night and the story begins to play. And I began to realize, you know how you start to look at things like you don't ever notice the bad things, it's just all the good in, in, in what you think is the good in the memory, right? But then you're like, yeah, that's, that probably was not great. And I started to have these memories and remember, and it became quite tormenting. And I really felt the devil just really trying to come through by the end of the day when I wasn't as, you know, turned on and savvy and I was just lying there about to go to sleep and the, the, the dreams and the things would begin to play. And I would begin to just feel the torment of why didn't it happen and why did this happen and why am I left like this and, and, and replay the story over and over. And so I remember going to a beautiful pastor in our church and I just said, I need it to stop. I know it was the right decision, but it keeps replaying in my mind and it's bringing torment to my soul. And I remember she said, she said, Stacy, we need to pray and break off the attachment to the memory. Not the memory, I can now tell the whole story I don't have feelings that will pull me, want to pull me under a carpet. I can share the story in total peace. Why? Because I was able to break the attachment to the torment and the pain of those moments. They're real. And when I did that, I can tell you from that day forward, I slept so peacefully. I never replayed. It wasn't this tormenting thing that would have, I moved on and moved forward in my life. And I'm telling you that tonight so that we can do the same. I don't know your story. God does. But I do know tonight that you can not only survive, you can thrive. The gene the bents, the things that have happened to us are very real, but we can be the one person in our generation that reverses the curses. We can break them off and we can live all that God has in store for us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creation, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition 
have passed away. Behold, the new things have come because, and this says in the Amplified Version, because spiritual awakening brings new life. I believe tonight is a spiritual awakening. When we become aware of an attachment that did not serve us well, when we become aware, wow, I've held on to the trauma and the pain and the torment, I don't have to live that way. I can detach by the power of the living God and I can have a new lens that will look at my history through the eyes of the miraculous instead of the eyes of victimhood. God is a very good God. My last point as we wrap up, number four, steward and teach your miracle stories. Steward and teach your miracle stories. We call them at this church, God stories, God shots. How many people know about those? Come on, men and women's prayer. All right. Deuteronomy 11, 19 through 21. Let's read it again. You shall also teach them to your sons. In other words, remember and teach. I find that word interesting also. It says you shall teach them. It doesn't say you shall tell them. Telling and teaching are two different things. The, 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 Moses is saying to the Israelites, you live through the craziest miracles of all time. You don't just tell that story. You teach that story. You teach them to your sons and your daughters and your neighbors and the people that have not yet experienced their miracle. I find it fascinating that the Bible does not hold to accountability the sons and the daughters that didn't experience those hardships and miracles, but he does to the ones that experience them. We are stewards of our stories. We are stewards of the miracles of the living God. It says, speaking of them, when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your sons may be increased in the land, which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. It is our responsibility to steward the miracles, to teach the next generations about the supernatural, miraculous God that we serve so that they can experience it, so that they can have faith to believe. The Bible says that miracle signs and wonders follow those who believe. We don't chase miracles, they chase us. And all we have to do is believe. If our children and our children's children can believe what you taught them, they will experience the supernatural power of God. And a very wise man and friend told me this, that legacy is what you do now. Inheritance is after you pass away. There will be no inheritance if there is no living testament. We are to tell, we are to teach our miraculous stories so that there is a legacy to pass on. So that when we are far and gone, those that are left here, they will experience their own miracles. They will be taught to remember, but not to remember, because we're gonna teach them the right things. We're gonna teach them how to not be victims and be victors, and they will experience in their lifetime the supernatural power of God. We are held accountable for the miracles we experience as we walk into our promised land, so that when we arrive, in our promised land. When we arrive 
and we receive the promises of God, we know how to lengthen their days. We know how to be enriched, just like with milk and honey. We will be satisfied in the promises of God because we've remembered the right things and we stopped remembering the wrong things. Can I get everybody to stand to their feet? of God. It makes me tear up. That God loves you so much. He wants you to experience His supernatural power. It's what makes Him different. There are no gods like Him. He's real. He's true. The only way to experience Christianity is to experience Jesus Himself supernatural power working in you. What power can look at a history of trauma and turn, the Bible says, our tears into joy? Who can do that but a supernatural God? No human, no human can talk these things away. We can sit in the psychologist's office for decades. And I'm not saying that counseling and those things aren't good, they are. But one moment with a supernatural God where we detach from the torment and the pain of our history so that we can experience the goodness of God in the land of the living and experience His miracles in and through our lives. So much so that we can't contain it, that we must teach it to those that go after us. I want everybody to lift their hands to heaven as a sign of surrender to this living God, our God. Joshua, who was able to walk into the promised land, the first thing he did was he built an altar because he was taught good and well by Moses. He put stones together and he built it so that everybody there would remember the stones that were set up that would teach the stories of the miracles that had happened, that he would give thanks on that altar. And when people would ask Joshua, why do you go to that altar? He could teach, he could tell the stories of the miracle that when they had no food, manna was provided from the skies. When they thought that game over, when they were looking at the Red Sea and then the Red Sea parted, he would begin to teach the story. He stewarded that story so well that we're teaching it today. How good is God? How good are the principles of God? How good is the Word of God that allows us to not just survive, to thrive? And this is what I wanna do right now. I wanna pray for people to break off generational strongholds that had held and kept them in bondage to a history that they may or may not have ever experienced, but they're living with the results of that history. That's called a soul tie. We're tied to the torment of the trauma. We're tied to the, the pain of what we experienced, but I know that under the power of the living God, we can break that chain. 
So if that is you, if you look down the lens of your history and you see heartache and pain that torments you and it's time to break those things off, I want you to come forward to the altar. I want us to begin to pray together, to break off those things that have not served us well so that we do not live victims to our history, but we live as victors, that we will learn from the experiences, our past, our history, but we will not be trapped there. So often I've made my way to the altar in that moment of remembrance. Oh my goodness, I remember that trauma. I remember that thing and it's not serving me well. I actually got really feisty and really mad when I found out that I believed a lie. Because how many people know that a lie is just that? We think it's true. And I found out, oh my goodness, I've believed a lie. And I got so angry at the devil. He sold me a bill of lies and I believed them about myself and they're not true. And so I got real feisty in my spirit. And I'm like, not another day, not another hour, not another second devil. Will you rob my freedom from me? I will live in victory. And I prayed a prayer like we're about to pray right now. So just come out of your seats, come onto the altar. If God brings to mind any traumas, any things you've experienced that has attached you to bondage, to pain, to addictions, to any of those things, we're gonna bind and break those attachments. And then after that, what I love about God is He never leaves us empty. Then we're gonna pray for a supernatural encounter with the living God that will minister so deep into our spirits that we will never be the same again, that where once lived a hardship and pain, God will now take up residence. Thank you, Father, thank you, God. All right, we're gonna begin to pray. And those of you that are up front, just lift your hands to heaven. Those of you that are in your seats, begin to pray because we're about to experience a miracle. I think there's nothing more powerful than when a human heart is healed. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen cancers disappear. I've seen all kinds of things, but I'm telling you the miracle that I love the most is when a heart is healed. No one can do that but Jesus. And those of you that are standing on the altar, all you need to do is begin to look to your Savior. He's Jesus, your Savior. And I want you to begin to picture whatever that trauma, whatever that pain, whatever that torment, whatever that bondage, whatever that oppression, whatever that depression, whatever that thing is that is stealing from you. I want you in your mind's eye to place those that situation or those people into the hands of God. He is a better judge than we are. And we're gonna break the attachment to those things where the devil has wreaked havoc. In the name of Jesus, come on church, begin to pray. Those of you in the altar, this is about release for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break and I bind every generational stronghold, every unhealthy attachment that is not God. I bind it and I break it with the authority of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross, that we would be saved today, that we would be healed today, that we would live the fullest life that we could ever dream of or imagine. I break every tail attachment. I break every 
every muscle memory, every cellular memory, and instead we receive heaven to earth in our bodies. Heaven is perfect. We are citizens of heaven, though we walk the earth. So we receive. Come on, church, let's lift our hands. Let's begin to receive. We receive right now the supernatural power of the living God. Lord, I pray release over people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the spirit of sickness and disease leaves bodies. I right now break off and I bind the attachment to the memories that caused us pain. We cut that cord right now in the name of Jesus. No more torment. No more torment in the name of Jesus. It is broken right now by the power of the living God. It is replaced by the supernatural spirit of the living God. And I thank you right now to begin to give pictures of what our future will now look like without the pain, without the torment. What does that life look like for you? What is your promised land? Can you live in your promise? Can you receive the nourishment of heaven? Can you have the honey that satisfies your soul no longer? Will unhealthy things satisfy you because you have the real deal? You have Jesus. Jesus, pour out your presence. Oh, I feel him in this room. Pour out your presence, God. Touch every person that is here, oh God. Lord, fill their hearts and their souls and their spirits, oh Father. Lord, I thank you right now for pouring out your spirit, God. Lord, I thank you that in this room we will have a legacy of victorious warriors. I thank you that in this room we are a room of survivors in the name of Jesus. I thank you that in this room we will have a legacy of heroes, that we are the heroes to the generations that will follow us. I thank you that right now, God, come on, give a mighty applause. Come on, begin to cheer. God, oh God, Lord, I pray a covering and a protection. I pray, oh God, that you would seal up this moment, Father, that we have experienced. I thank you that we will never taste again the bitter waters and the things of the history and the past, but instead our viewpoint has been renewed, that when we look on our history, when we look on our past, we see your miracle working hand. We find you in our stories. We find you in our history so that as we experience the promises that you have in store for us, we will enjoy them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.